Welcome to the Calvary Assembly Podcast, with weekly messages from the Calvary Assembly of God Church in Lexington, Nebraska. You can find out more online at lexag.org and on Facebook at Calvary Assembly Lex. Thanks for listening. So the last few weeks, we've been doing a series called Pre-Decide. And as you look on the screen, it says, Better Choices, Better Life. Um, I can remember when I was in high school, I made some pretty dumb choices. Anybody else made some dumb choices in your life? Don't you think, you, don't you wish you would have made some better choices? And it might have ended up in maybe a slightly better life than what you have right now, right? I, I can't tell you how many times my dad's like, did it hurt? And I was like, yeah, well, why'd you do it, right? It's like better choices for a better life. Essentially, what we're trying to do is pre-decide what we're going to do before the opportunity comes for that choice to be made, right? And we ask ourselves this question right here. Go ahead and put up that next slide there. It says, when faced with whatever, whatever's going on in your life, when faced with hunger, when faced with my want to eat sweets, when faced with family problems, I have pre-decided to do, and then something super specific. Last week, we talked about temptation, so it should have been like, when faced with this temptation, I have pre-decided to do this. Maybe it's when faced with the temptation to eat sweets, I have pre-decided to eat a salad instead, right? Something very specific. Some of you are like, that's a terrible trade-off, right? Going from a salad or from sweets to a salad, or maybe it's just from sweets to less sweets. I'm not going to eat the whole bucket of ice cream, I'll have a bowl of ice cream, right? Whatever it may be, but maybe it's something else. When faced with marital problems, I have pre-decided that I'm going to still love them, and I'm going to still care about them, and we're going to work it out. That's what pre-decide is all about, is that we're trying to make choices before we need to make the choices. Because if we wait until the opportunity for us to make the choices and then we're probably not going to make the right choices because you've been like me and we get in that heat of the moment and your mouth opens up before your brain processes what you really meant to say and then you say something stupid instead. Anybody else? Yeah? Okay, nobody's raising their hands. Just me. I'm fine. I'm fine. I can handle it, right? But that's what we want to do. And so last time, last week I said we talked about temptation, how we need to decide where our boundaries are going to be and we need to set those boundaries before we absolutely need them. I talked with the youth on Wednesday night and showed a picture of Pike's Peak. And I'm like, my daughter was sitting on a rock about 10 feet from the edge. And that was her boundary. Was I actually put her on the rock. I'm like, I'm putting you on the rock. You're not walking anywhere close to there because you're not falling off, right? But so many of us love to stand on the edge. Love to stand on the edge of life, stand on the edge of our problems. And then if you mess up, it's a long ways down. But if we set our boundaries back here and we mess up, we still have a place to come back to before we fall off the cliff, right? So we need to set those boundaries. That's what we talked about last week. This week, we're talking about consistency. Now, this may not seem like it's such a big deal, but it is truly one of the biggest deals in our life. When you think about it, consistency in anything that you do, even pancakes, matters, You have runny pancakes, they're not going to cook well. You have too too thick of pancakes, they're not going to cook well. You have to have the right consistency in pancakes, right? But it's also in our lives. 
We have to, right, have to have the right consistency in everything in our lives. The right consistency in the way that you treat your spouse. The right consistency in the way that you treat your kids or the neighbor kids. The right consistency in the way that you work. Everything requires consistency. And author and TED Talk extraordinaire Simon Sinek put it consistency in this way. Consistency is the accumulation of things done over the course of time repeatedly. We're repeatedly doing the same things. We're accumulating those same things. So when we're talking about our Christian life, it's that daily Bible reading, that daily time in prayer, that daily time of worshiping God where we're just saying, God, I want to be more like you. That's consistency when we're doing it over and over and over and over again. That's where our faith grows. That's where we further who we are in Christ is in those moments where we can be consistent with everything that we do. Look at this from Craig Gochelle. It says, successful people do consistently what other people do occasionally. You want to be successful in any area of your life? Do it consistently. I was watching football Thursday night. We're not going to talk about Thursday night. So let's move on to Friday night. I guess I can't really talk about Friday night because the Lex game ended the same as Thursday night's game. But it's all about consistency, right? On the football field. Great players are not the ones that make great plays once or twice a game. Great players are the ones that do everything that they need to do every down of the game. I will take a player that does the right things every down over a player that just makes one or two good plays. Because a player that does one or two good plays may give up on the rest of them. You want someone who does something successfully over time. And it's the same things in our marriage, right? What we repeatedly do, the small things we do over time are who we are. If we work out every day, we want to be healthy. We're going to be healthy. If you spend time in the gym every day, it accumulates over time, right? Now, if you eat brownies or cake every day, it accumulates the wrong way. So it's consistency in our lives. Like I said, it works in relationships. You want any kind of relationship to grow in your life. Be consistent. Be consistent at it. You want your marriage to grow? Consistently treat your partner in the right way, your husband or wife. You want your relationship with your best friend to go? Consistently talk to them and care about their needs over your needs, and you're going to grow. If you want to be better at work, consistently give your effort every day, and then you're going to grow in your workplace, and people are going to notice, right? It could be anything it could be with your family. It can be as students, if we consistently do the things that we need to do to make sure that we get the good grade. It could be with our finances. I may not be able to give a whole bunch to savings, but I can consistently give this. And before you know it, consistency adds up. Your health, right? All these things that we can require that we consistently make effort to make them better. It's not a one-time, try as hard as we can do, do and poof. All of a sudden, you're in shape, right? I wish. I mean, if you could go to the gym one time a week, one time a year, and poof, ah. Someday I'll look like Caleb. It's not today. It's not today, right? Here's where I'm trying to go with this. If we want to have a healthy relationship with God, we need to do what he wants us to do. We need to be consistent with our faith. Those awesome mountaintop experiences the camps, the conventions, the retreats, the moments where God just touches us incredibly are not enough to sustain us through the valleys of our lives. 
You cannot live on the mountaintops. If you look at a mountaintop, what do you see? Snow and rock. If you look in the valley, what do you see? Grass, trees, plants, flowers. Our biggest growth through the valley and being consistent in our faith every day. Those mountaintops experiences are awesome. They're where we truly understand who God is and we can see beauty beyond imagining, but it's in the daily life that we walk is where we grow closer to God, where the most growth in our lives happens. So we need to be consistent. That accumulation of things done over a course of time repeatedly. We need to do the small things that add up over time. That's what makes our relationship with God healthy. Now, if you ask me, besides Jesus, okay, Jesus is like the epitome of everything that you want to talk about in the Bible except for bad things, right? You can't use Jesus for that. But you can use him for consistency. You can use him for prayer. You can use him for everything. But if I was going to choose one person that was the epitome of consistency, I just like saying that, the epitome of consistency or the best example of what a consistent person would be like, it'd be Daniel. And so if you have your Bibles and you want to open those, We'll be reading here in just a second in Daniel chapter 6. I want you to remember Daniel's story. Daniel was an Israelite. Daniel was part of the tribe of Judah. He was taken over by the Babylonians, right? His whole country was besieged. His whole country was taken over. And not only that, but at the end of all that warfare, the Babylonians were like, hey, we need some, we need some upright men. We need some guys who are smart, who are good-looking, who can learn really, really well. And Daniel was one of them. And so not only did his country get taken over, but he was removed from his country and taken to a place where he was trained in their ways, trained in what they wanted to do. And amidst all of this transition, amidst everything that happened in Daniel chapter 1, Daniel still remained consistent with his faith with God. And we read that here in Daniel chapter 6, verses 1 through 5. It says this, Darius the Mede decided to appoint or divide the kingdom into 120 provinces, and he appointed a high officer to rule over each province. The king also chose Daniel and two others as administrators to supervise the high officers and protect the king's interests. Daniel soon proved himself more capable than all the other administrators and high officers. Because of Daniel's great ability, the king made plans to place him over the entire empire. Then the other administrators and the high officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs, but they couldn't find anything to criticize or condemn. He was always faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. So they concluded, and I would love for this to be said about me someday, they concluded our only chance of finding grounds for accusing Daniel will be in the connection with the rules of his religion. The only thing they could find wrong with Daniel was his God. It's like, if we're going to make something bad about Daniel, we have to make it about his God. Because the way that he works, the way that he deals with people, the way that he does everything, we're not getting it there. Right? That's consistency in everything that Daniel did. How many of us can say that we're that consistent? If someone would look deep into our lives and into our past and into who we are, they'd be like, man, I can't find any dirt on that guy. Or a girl. I don't know about you, but someone looking at me be like, and he's a pastor? He did what? <laughs> right? But Daniel was faithful. He was loyal and steadfast in everything he did. 
When he was given something, he was faithful to complete it. He was faithful to do what he always said he was going to do, right? He was responsible. Taking care of the things that he was put in charge of time and time again. I mean, I would, I'm sure some of us, if you have employees under you, sometimes you just want them to be more responsible. I'm like, I gave you a task, complete it, right? I'm not saying that about my employees. I don't think Justin's living or watching, but we'll be good, right? But he was trustworthy. He did what he said he'd do, and his word meant something. Those are three things about a consistent person. They're faithful, responsible, and trustworthy. And again, this wasn't some big event that Daniel had happen in his life. Yes, he had the, the big event where his country was taken over and he was ripped from his family and everything that he ever knew. But it wasn't because of that that he decided to be faithful. It was something he had already instilled in his life where he's like, I'm going to do every day what I need to do to be the best person that I am. To be the best person that God created me. To be the best follower of God that I can be, right? That's what Daniel wanted to do. He didn't learn to trust God when he made it into the lion's den. It wasn't a moment where he's like, oh, God, I love you. I trust you. Everything is you, right? I mean, honestly, if I was faced with some big giant lions, that might be my prayer too. But it was before. Look at this. In Daniel 6.10, it says this, but when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, so they made a law against praying to anybody but King Darius. They said, hey, we're going to make it so nobody can pray but anybody but you, King Darius. And King Darius is like, done. I like it. I love it. Go me, right? Look what Daniel did right after this. When Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with the windows open towards Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done, giving thanks to God. When faced with going into the lion's den, because that was the punishment, he still is like, you know what? I'm going to do what I've always done. He was consistent in everything that he did. Just as he had always done. That's consistency. That's knowing that you're doing what God wants you to do, right? So the question becomes is, how do we grow in consistency? How can we take our lives past just doing what we need to do occasionally to doing what we need to do every time that we need to do it? Because honestly, that's the hard part, right? Working out. It's easy going one or two times a month. It's hard going three or four times a week. I don't know how Pastor Rex does five days a week but he does, right? But consistent effort is what it takes. So how do we do that? Is the first thing is, is we need to give ourselves a why. Last week, we talked about temptation and we talked about magnifying the consequences of that temptation, right? If you cheat on your wife, magnify the consequence. Man, I could lose my family. I could lose my job. I could lose blah, blah, blah. Magnify what's going on. So when we're thinking about consistency, we need to give ourselves a why and magnify that why. It's not like, I just want to be healthy because I want to get skinnier. That's not a good why. But your why could be, I want to get healthy so that I can be there for my kids' events in the rest of their life. I want to get healthy so that I don't die at an early age, right? I want to work hard because I want to bless my employer and hopefully someday get a promotion, right? So you, you give yourself a why. you got to ask yourself, why do I want to be consistent? You want a better relationship with God? It's not just so I can be closer to God. That's a great reason why. But it's so that you can learn to listen to his voice. So that we can learn to speak to others about him. 
we want to have this better relationship, right? And it's got to go deeper than just the surface. Daniel knew his why. He wanted to glorify God with everything that he had. And we can see that even from chapter 1. In chapter 1, Daniel was given the opportunity to eat some amazing foods, drink some amazing wine, and have fun with the rest of the guys. But he decided that he was going to follow God's laws. He's like, I'm not defiling myself with the meat. I'm not defiling myself with the wine. Let me choose what I want to eat. Even now, he's like, I want to bless God with everything I do. Not just my words, not just my actions, but also with what I eat. And God blessed him and everybody else that followed him, right? Daniel knew his why. He remained faithful even when he had every reason not to. That's consistency. Daniel could have been a totally different person after leaving where he was. Being ripped from his family, he could have decided, well, God must not be true because my whole country got taken over, so I'm going to serve whatever God they have. But he decided to be consistent anyways. Why do you want to do what you want to do? Once you, once you define the why, it makes your choices easier. If you decide you want to be around for your kid's future, it makes the choices of being healthy a lot easier than just saying, I want to be healthier so I can be skinnier. Because honestly, that piece of cake looks more important than the way my body looks, right? I, I want the cake more than I want to look skinny, right? But when you're saying, I want the cake overseeing my kids get married, that becomes an easy choice, right? No, I want to see my kids get married. I can, I can pass on the cake this one time. So we need to give ourselves a why. And then the second thing is plan to fail. I know this sounds really, really terrible. But it doesn't mean that you can say, oh, I can give up whenever I want to. Right? That's not what this means. It doesn't mean we can give up before we start. That's just the opposite. It means that we're not going to get it right every time. There was probably times in Daniel's life where he couldn't pray the three times that he normally prayed every day. Maybe it was because King Darius said, hey, man, you've got you've to do this this morning, and that's the normal time he prayed. And he's like, well, I guess I'll pray afterwards, right? Just understand that there's going to be times that you can fail. And you know what? 99% of people who make New Year's resolutions fail entirely because they think they can, incl- they can accomplish it one, one moment, that they're not going to fail, that they're not going to give up, right? It's not an all-or-nothing mentality. So many times we give up when we mess up. And that's not, the, that's not what we should do. When we fail, it's opportunities for us to learn. All right, you want to talk about consistent effort. I know it's probably been said a thousand times, but Thomas Edison found a thousand ways not to make a light bulb before he made the light bulb, right? That's consistency and continuing to try. When we fail, it's opportunities for us to learn about how, what not to do and about what we should have done, right? You take someone who's lived a perfect life and then they fail, like perfect life up to a certain moment and then they fail, they like break down like, oh my goodness, I messed up. But you take someone who's constantly failed and learned to grow from it and then they fail, instead of giving up and saying, oh my goodness, they say, hey, what can I learn from this, right? And it's even better when you watch other people fail and you learn from them instead of failing yourself, okay? It's a lot easier on your life. Look at Paul in Romans 7, verses 18 and 19. Look what he says. Remember, this is the guy who wrote a lot of the New Testament. 
He says this, and I know nothing good lives in me. That is my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyways. So many of us can say that. But yet Paul was one of the fathers of the church, one of the ones that grew up beyond anything else. He wrote a good chunk of the books that are in the New Testament. If he knew that he was going to fail and he still went on, we need to understand that we're going to fail and we can still move on. One cheat meal doesn't make you unhealthy. A pattern of cheat meals makes you unhealthy. One time slipping up and not doing what you need to do with God doesn't make you a non-Christian. A pattern of doing the same things that's bad over time is what takes you away from God. So when we understand that there's going to be times that we fail, we don't jump off the tracks and say, I'm done. I can't do this. Instead, we decide, hey, I understood I took a little course off to the side here, but I need to bring it right back on. That's what it means to plan to fail. When we're consistently trying to move forward, there will be setbacks. There will be times that we're not going to do what we should. But it's not the setback that matters. It's how you react to the setback. Do you give up? Or do you learn from it and move forward? Look at David. David is described in the New Testament as a man after God's own heart. There was moments in his life that if you would have looked at him, you would have never thought he served God. His whole thing with Bathsheba, slept with another man's wife, tried to cover it up by bringing that guy back so he could sleep with his wife to cover up the pregnancy. That didn't work, so he just had the man killed on the front line so that he could take over. It wasn't the way that, he, it wasn't his setback that mattered that defined who he was. It's how he responded to that setback. When he was confronted by the prophet, he said, oh man, I have messed up. I've sinned against God and I've sinned against Uriah and Bathsheba. And he got down on his knees and he prayed. And he asked God for forgiveness. Now there was consequences. Of course there's going to be consequences when we do dumb things, right? I always say you do dumb things, you win dumb prizes, right? But he continued to move towards God and that's what defined his life. We didn't know him as David the adulterer. We didn't know him as David the murderer. We know him as David, the man after God's own heart. So plan to fail. Understand that you're not going to get it right all the time. And then the third thing is love the process. It's really hard to do something when you don't enjoy doing it. Right? I know Al and Angie have been running. I saw Al running. I remember when I think it was Thursday, he was running down 13th, and I'm like, I don't know how they're doing that. I hate running. Running is my least favorite thing to do. If I'm running for football or running for a sport or running away from a big giant animal, I'm totally okay with running. But just running to run? I don't know how you cross-country people do it or track people do it. Zach's back there like, I love to run. Six miles a day plus 10, right? Not me. If I run one mile, it's about 0.1 mile, or 0.9 miles too much, all right? 0.1 miles, a block. I'm good for a block, all right? I can enjoy it that long. But you got to love the process. And anything that you want to be consistent in, you have to find a way to love the process. If it's to get healthy, find a way to enjoy it. 
For me, it'd be playing games. I, I couldn't go work out at the gym, but I could go play basketball for two hours straight, and it probably wouldn't bother me. I could go play football for a couple hours, and it's not gonna, uh, it'll bother me afterwards. I'll definitely not want to get off the bed in the morning. But I can enjoy that process. If that's not you, but you can go with a friend, and you can work out together, enjoy the process. Love the process. Look at this in Psalm 63, verses 1 through 8. This is David. It says this, O God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in this parched and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. Doesn't that describe someone that loves God and loves the process of getting to know God? I will praise you as long as I live. Lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. I will lie awake, I lie awake thinking of you, meditating on you through the night, because you are my helper. I sing for joy in the shadows of your wings. I cling to you. you your strong right hand holds me securely. Doesn't that talk about someone who loves the process of getting to know God? He lies awake at night meditating on the things that God has given him. That's loving the process. That's loving getting to know God. Where you're like, man, I just can't stop thinking about him. One of my favorite things to do is when storms are rolling in. I live out at the camp, and next to us is the airport. Big, wide open, nothing blocking your vantage point. I love to sit on my porch and watch storms roll in. And watch the big thunderclouds and all the lightning and all the thunder going on. It's just amazing at the power of God. That's enjoying the process. In those moments, it's the easiest time for me to connect to God because I can see his beauty. I can see his power. I can see his majesty. Same thing when you're out camping and there's no street lights and you look up and you see the stars or you see a sunrise or a sunset. You got to love the process. Love what you do. You want to be healthier? Find ways to exercise that you can love. If you want to be financially secure, find ways to enjoy saving. Put something on your wall that says, we're saving for this. I'm saving for my kid's future, so I need to do this. You can put a picture of a wedding dress up. Be like, I'm saving for, I have two daughters. I'm saving for their wedding dresses, right? Not for me. I'm not wearing a wedding dress. Nobody sees that. <laughs> enjoy the process. You want to be better at work, find ways to enjoy work. I listen to audiobooks pretty much every day, all day, at work. Unless I have to focus, and then I can't listen to both and do both. But when I'm just doing mind-numbing tasks, like mowing or weed-eating or whatever it may be out at the camp, I'm listening to a book. I'm setting up chairs in here for Wednesday night. I'm listening to music, or I'm listening to a book. Find ways to love the process. Because when you love the process, you're going to consistently do what you need to do to make it happen. When you don't love the process, you're going to find ways to consistently not do what it takes to do to make it happen. So love the process. With God, find a place that you enjoy being at and spending time there reading his word. Listen to worship songs. Watch the sunrise and the sunset. Think about his majesty. Find a group of people that believe just like you do and enjoy God together. Find ways to get closer to him. A castle is built one stone at a time. 
A race is won one step at a time. And consistency is built one day at a time. It's not going to be this miraculous moment that everything pops into place. It's when you start loving the moment and you do it every day. You love the process. That's when things happen. And here, here's one more quote from Craig Russell. It says, we're not successful when we achieve our future goal. Oh, I guess this is another quote. Don't obsess about the goal, obsess about the process. When we're obsessed about where we're going, sometimes we forget about the process of getting there. But when we obsess about the process of getting to where we're going, then when we get there, it's just a happy surprise. It's like Bob Ross. Oh, there's a happy little tree. There's no mistakes, right? And sometimes when we obsess about the goal, when we reach our goal, we stop doing what it took to get there. But when we obsess about the process, we're going to continually do the things that we need to do. And then there's this quote, too. We're not successful when we achieve our future goal. We are successful. It's that next slide there, Vince. We are successful when we honor God today. We're not successful when we achieve our future goal. We're successful when we honor God today. You're not successful when you make your weight. You're not successful when you stop eating sweets or eat them at a less point. You're not successful when you've done the things that you need to do at work to make work better. You're successful when you do everything that you need to do every day. That moment that you finally realize, hey, I'm living healthily. I may not be the weight that I'm at, that I want to be at, but my body is healthy. Hey, I'm doing everything I can to get to know God. That's when you start being successful, when you start honoring God with everything that you had. So the question becomes, what do you need to start to lead you down the path of consistency? What's one area in your life that you're saying, you know what, Pastor Kenny, I need to be more consistent in this? Maybe it's your faith. Because honestly, consistency in our faith is one of the hardest struggles that we need to make sure that we're praying and reading our Bible, spending time in worship. And sometimes it's hard to do that. And we wonder why in the darkest times of our lives, we're like, man, God, I don't feel you. Maybe it's because we weren't consistent in the good times of our lives. I don't know. But what do you need to start today to lead you down the path of consistency? Maybe when you're looking at your life with your walk with God and saying, man, I have not been consistent. I can see times where my life with God was on track, where I was following the plan for his, my life that he has for me, but then I can see moments where I deviated from that path, where I deviated and went somewhere else and I can see what happened because of that. And maybe you're saying, you know what, Pastor Kenny, I need to get back on the track. Today's for you to start. Maybe there's other areas in your life that you need to start being consistent in. Maybe it's health. A lot of us need to eat healthier or drink healthier things. Red Bulls are not healthy. They're tasty, but they're not healthy. Maybe it's relationship. There's people in your lives that you're saying, you know what? I don't have a great relationship with that person, but I need to be more consistent with that. Maybe it's your workplaces. Maybe you've been silently quitting and just doing whatever it takes to get through the day. And you're saying, you know what? I need to give consistent effort every day. There's going to be days where you do awesome and you're like, man, I gave it all. There's going to be days where you're like, well, I gave 70%. That's okay as long as the consistency of your life is pointing towards the fact that you're doing your best. 
And so this morning, what I want you to do is as we leave this last song, I just want you to look into your own heart and in your own life with your relationship with God most important and think about that. What do I need to do more consistent in that? But then also in other areas of your life where you're saying, you know what, I can be more consistent. Because it's not just how you are on Sundays that matter, it's how you are every day of the week. So consistency matters with God, number one, definitely. But it also matters in the way we do everything else in our life. So I'm going to say a prayer, and I just want you to find a place. You can stay in your seat and connect with God there. If you come up to the front, there will be people that will be praying for you. And if you have a need, anything going on in your life, you're saying, you know what, I can't handle this on my own. I invite you to just come to the front, and people will be here to pray for you. But understand that consistency is key. When we're consistent, that's when we grow closer. When we're consistent, that's when we grow healthier. When we're consistent, that's when we save more. So when I pray, we're going to lead this song. I just invite you guys to find a time with God and connect with him and say, what do I need to be more consistent in? Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you for this morning. God, we thank you for the example of Daniel that you gave us. God, he was always faithful, always loyal, always trustworthy. God, he did everything that was right in the way that it needed to be done. So God, I ask that you would allow us and help us to do the same thing. God, that we can be consistent in our relationship with you above all else. God, that we would continuously do the things that matter, the small things on the mountaintops and in the valleys of our lives and say, God, I want to grow towards you more. But God, also in the other areas of our lives with our health and our finances, with the way that we are at work, God, let us every day and every moment of our lives show that we're a Christian, show that we believe in you. God, there's going to be moments that we fail, but help us to not give up. Help us to understand that that moment that we failed is a moment for us to learn and to grow closer, to learn and to be better. And God, I just thank you for it. I thank you that you have grace with us. God, we're not deserving of your grace, but you give it to us anyways. And God, let us honor you. Let us be consistent.